I'm Brandon Marcel sitting across from Michael Nislick. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast presented by WeHaveDonuts.com, D-O-U-G-H, Nuts.com. Available in Birmingham and coffee shops, Prevail Union coffee shops, that is, in Montgomery and Auburn. Visit WeHaveDonuts.com for more information on how you get your hands on these beautiful and delicious gourmet donuts. Again, a proud sponsor of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. That's WeHaveDonuts.com. Michael, Auburn in a bye week now after a 52-20 to victory against Arkansas. We have seen some bad football teams in the SEC this season. There's some really bad football teams. In fact, I, I mentioned either as a professional covering this or even just as a fan watching college football in the South and living in the South all my life, I have not seen this many lower-tier bad SEC teams in 20 years. Are these teams tanking? Do they not not realize there's no draft? <laughs> Yeah, they're not going to get a high lottery pick for uh, having a losing season. It's hard to determine which team's worse out of this sort of trifecta of garbage we've seen. <laughs> Missouri, Arkansas, or Ole Miss. I think you said Arkansas was worse. I think Arkansas is worse than Missouri because at least their I offense can score. But, I mean, Arkansas didn't have a starting quarterback. I don't know how much of a difference well, that made. Well, that doesn't matter. As of right now, Arkansas is worse than Mizzou. As of this moment. Yes. Yeah. That's what matters. They take the loss, but they are up one umbrella. So, you know. Don't bring that so, up. <laughs> swings and roundabouts in life. Um, I lost my umbrella. That's really all I want to talk about. I just want to make this podcast an hour-long discussion of <laughs> Brandon's <laughs> umbrella being confiscated. Moments after another member of the media got an umbrella into the stadium. Life's not fair. And then them dumping every single garbage bag that was in the stadium on top of the umbrella. Yeah, they literally dumped all the garbage. Which seemed like some my umbrella. And it was like open garbage, like in just a area where people walk through, which seems like somewhat of a health code violation. But they were like, <laughs> we need to bury this umbrella as much as we can. Like it's really all I want to talk about. Well, and then we had another member of the uh, Auburn beat take a picture of the umbrella. Before the game, it was just sit, sitting there sadly. <laughs> just sitting there by itself. Hopefully the umbrella found a new home. Somebody stole it. and, and, and Oh, it found a new home. It's, it's not just a dumpster. Garbage Juice. <laughs> garbage Juice University. So good. And it was his mother-in-law's umbrella. So that yeah, adds so to that's story. why I was so upset. It's like, listen, it's an umbrella, sure. And he likes polka dots. It, but, <laughs> but what does that say about how, I mean, if I can't keep an umbrella and take care of an umbrella... How can I keep your uh, daughter happy and safe? Well, when in you're marriage? when you're dealing with security, the right strategy is never going. What do you think I'm going to do with these umbrella? Attack somebody? You never kind of provide <laughs> them with the the ideas of what you could do. Like, like that's wait. not. No, you don't do that. You just say, "Can I please take it in?" You did not say please. You said some other words. I did say other words that were not please. <laughs> I mean, Literally, like I can kidding me. We could examine this for like two hours. Anyway, so anyway, let's move forward. Life's an umbrella. Sometimes it's open. Sometimes Every week it's is different. This week, Brandon lost an umbrella. <laughs> um, so anyway, Auburn's <laughs> played some bad SEC teams. Their four SEC wins will come by an average of forty-nine to seventeen, thirty-two <laughs> point spread. There, uh, their one loss to LSU, very disappointing. Kind of has put Auburn's back against the wall as far as Gus Malzahn's job security because. He can't afford another loss before facing Georgia and Alabama. And, uh, you know, they've got a bye week here to heal up. 
You know, it's interesting. We spoke, we'll, we'll speak a little bit about football here, but we're going to go into some things we're working on the site. But uh, Kevin Steele, the defensive coordinator, mentioned to us Tuesday that, uh, you know, they're a little bit thinner than maybe you thought in the secondary. They, they've had up to about six starters of some sort on defense injured, whether they were playing or not. And they got so banged up that they had to pull another player for a few plays at Arkansas. They had to move. I think, I think it was Roberts. probably Carlton Davis. Carlton Davis. Yeah, yeah. They had to move Steven Roberts from safety to cornerback because they were so thin. Um, but the good thing is, is Auburn gets a bye week here to heal up. Um, and considering how well the defense has been playing, it's amazing they've been able to do that with so many injuries. Because I mean, you're talking. Marlon Davidson's been playing hurt with a hurt, in, a hurt knee. Trey Williams finally returned to the field at linebacker with a hurt shoulder. Trey Matthews has been sitting out the last seven quarters with a hamstring issue. Carlton Davis is nicked up. Jeremiah Denson's nicked up. Javarius Davis is nicked up. Um, a lot of injuries there, and yet they still perform at a high level. Yes. Great. Great insight. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and offensively, Cameron Petway seems to be getting close to 100%. He had 90 yards and scored all three of his touchdowns uh, in the third quarter against Arkansas. Looked like the, the old Cameron Petway to me on a few of those runs. I was surprised because when he first came in the game in the first half, he looked like the Pet, Petway we've seen earlier this season where he just couldn't make a quick cut, and then things changed in the second half. Well, I don't think Chip Lizzie was asked about offensive line health where everything stands with Mike Horton because there's some injuries there too, and Darius James went down at the end of that game. X-rays were negative, but uh, – the offensive line is still in flux, and his answer—he provided an interesting answer about Markel Harrell. He's like, "I was legitimately surprised he played well." Yeah, that was a strange way to put that. Yeah, like, <laughs> I really didn't expect that. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, that was a really pleasant surprise. We put him in there, and he wasn't a disaster. I was like, okay, I guess they didn't have high expectations from Markel Harrell. I guess not, uh, but he did play well. You know who did play late in that game for the first time? Prince Michael Salmons. He played. Was that the first time he played? First, first time he's played his college career. He played in the fourth quarter wow. on the touchdown drive. Uh, he looks really like. Close. Have you seen it? He looks like he's thirty-seven yeah. years old. He I, looks like I, he's like he's like a doctor. He's like a practice somewhere. Yeah, I hung, hung out with him for a day in, in his home in Ohio. Yeah, and he looked. Yeah, he looks like he's like in his. He looks older than me, and I'm bald. Yeah, he's he's just he's a very mature looking man. Like yeah. he should be has a family of five somewhere in in Ohio, basically, and just married with kids. <laughs> he's been married for thirty years. Um, try this football. Yeah, it's like I'll give it a try. Why not? Um, but they're banged up on the offensive line too. And Casey Dunn, I think they need him back. I think, and I think they will get him yeah. back next week at A and M. Uh, but going forward, let's talk about the future here. Uh, Auburn can't lose at A and M. No, but, uh, you know, for Gus Malzahn's future's sake, Auburn will probably be favored there. They should be. They have the better team. A uh, and M might be ranked at that point. They play Mississippi State, I believe, this week. If they beat Mississippi State. A&M, the way it's playing lately, even after that collapse against UCLA early in the season, they've proven that they could be a top 25 team. They went on the road to Florida and beat Florida. They played Alabama closer than anybody else this and they season, played except Alabama, Florida State. Yeah. Alabama played them very close, or I played Alabama very close at home. Um, so, yeah, I think they're going uh, to be quite pumped up for this game against Auburn, but it's 11 a.m. kickoff, so that, that weighs in Auburn's hands. Also, uh, Auburn – has won every road game in this series against Texas A&M, and A&M's won every road game in this series as well. It's a very strange series. And, by the way, Gus Malzahn is 6-0 and after bye weeks in his career. But it just feels like this is a season where every time you think you have something figured out, the opposite happens, where it's like LSU's down, they're gonna, and then the first half they're going to truck this team, and then 
craziness happens and then yeah. you know you got it just it just doesn't feel like things have gone kind of <laughs> as you'd expect so i mean look they're going to be favored but i do you feel confident that the 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 good auburn will show up the good auburn is there a good and bad auburn well the good ones well, the that good blew auburn out showed in, the, up in the first half well the first 18 minutes can sell us you yeah uh I don't know. And, I mean, that Arkansas game was close to the second half. That was when they blew. I mean, that wasn't a blow yeah, in the first but half. but never Arkansas, like Arkansas kind of quit. But I'm just saying Arkansas quit in the second half, basically. Just packed it in. Yeah, because Auburn was beating the crap out of them. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't I, I just, It doesn't feel like you have a high degree of certainty that the offense is well, going to be Well, I think that's, that's the issue for all the fans. They're very, um, very concerned that they're not – one, that the A and M game is gonna be questionable. But two, Georgia and Alabama are both in the top three nationally. Right. And though though those games are here at Auburn, and Auburn's actually favored in an early line against Georgia by three points here, um, fans just don't want to lose to the both of them for four straight year for a fourth straight year. No. Um so I mean that's what this whole season's come down to. We we everybody's been saying it since the end of last year. Can you beat Alabama and Georgia? Gus Malzahn was asked that several times at SEC Media Days. Um, and, you know, if he loses to A&M and then loses to those two teams, his career is probably done here. If he wins against Alabama, A&M and loses against those two teams, his career is probably done too. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Right. So, But what if, what if he loses to A&M but then beats Georgia? And then loses Alabama. And then you flip a coin and you just, that's yeah. sort of basically So it. it's just one of those things. I know a lot of people are asking, or I'm even getting questions here on Twitter for our Q&A session here later in the, in the show. Uh, it just depends on how these wins and losses add up and also how they look. And as you mentioned on a Facebook Live recently, it's all about optics. Is Auburn very, very competitive? And are these games close against the number one and number three teams in the country? Or are they getting blown out by one of them? Well, and the other thing, we haven't talked about this yet. Or heck, are they getting blown out by A&M? And we won't talk about it for a little bit because Georgia's after this game. But, you know, it was interesting. Michigan State, I think for uh, Tom Izzo's first, I want to say, 15 years of his career. Is basketball? But listen, this is, applies. At every player that went through his program made at least one Final Four in four years. There was all of his like first however many classes, 15 classes or something, everybody could make it. The streak ended in, in recent years. But now if you have Auburn, they're, if they were to lose to Georgia and Alabama this year, or either or, um, that class wouldn't have – they would have lost every single game yeah. to Georgia. Could you imagine what that will do for Georgia on the recruiting trail or and what uh, the optics of that are? Like you're going to have players that went through their entire – and this will be the first time ever – gone through their entire career four-year career without winning a game against georgia and alabama and at the same time on top of it if they were to do it both which would be just insane so you have two that not not just one streak but two streaks and at the same time um not good that's not good um, <laughs> that's, that's not good for a coach and that's why because how, how do you survive that and, and especially when you know Alabama's a little bit different because they recruit nationally but georgia is the team you're going against head-to-head basically in every guy that's a guy every single day on the recruiting trail they're dealing with georgia and how do you say we're on an upswing or we're going to beat well, this team when you haven't beat them in four years you and they're crushing on the recruiting trail they're as well crushing on the recruiting trail under a second year coach right who has them at number three in his second year in and who country. is apparently just going to take every good quarterback yes that's and a recruit auburn for justin fields and others and auburn has a coach who's been around for a while and has not beaten georgia right and is not beating Georgia on the recruiting trail right now either. So 
that's something you've got. There's a lot of things to weigh. And, and the other factor in all this that we haven't even mentioned yet is who's going to be making the decision, who's going to be the athletics director for Auburn at that time, and what do you do? I think it paralyzes kind of the secondary decisions. I don't think that anything could be made until the big decisions. The big made decisions, with Jay Jacobs. Made, yeah. Uh, we will see. Um, so, and I mean, if they went out, I guess he could. It doesn't matter. Doesn't but, matter. but it just doesn't feel like that's. All right. Well, on the website today, I, I went back and looked back at my preseason predictions. I was wrong about Clemson. I was wrong about LSU. Yeah. Uh, I think everybody's wrong about LSU. Uh, but um, Looking ahead in my predictions, I've got Auburn beating A&M, and I've got Auburn beating Georgia in a close game. I think the Georgia-Alabama games have a, the potential, because of Auburn's defense and possibly being completely healthy on defense, those being close games at home. If they're on the road, I think it would be a different deal. And I think Auburn will be able to eke out a win against Georgia. In fact, I mean, if you want to go by the computers, ESPN's FPI favors Auburn against Georgia, despite Georgia being ranked higher, mm-hmm. because it's at home and – Maybe Georgia's schedule hasn't been as tough as Auburn's. They haven't faced the type of quality opponents, even though, as I mentioned, we mentioned, Auburn's played some really terrible SEC teams. But at least Auburn's played at Clemson. And say what you want about LSU, but they're a two-loss team, and Auburn went on the road and lost there. And, you know, LSU's ranked right now, even though they lost to Troy earlier in the season. So the way I see it, wins against A&M and Georgia and a loss against Alabama, and I think that'll be enough for Gus Malzahn to come back for a sixth season. So, two and one in the big game, two and yeah. one in the SEC schedule. I think if they were to, oh gosh, I don't know, they they'd have to. Yeah, I guess that'd be he'd survive that. Be nine and three. You don't yeah. fire nine and three coaches. No, you probably don't. unless you're Nebraska and you just want to go down to uh, to the hell pit for the rest of eternity as a football program. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying, I don't think you fire a 9-3 coach, even though they lose to Alabama. Because you've got Jared Sinem probably coming back. You've got yeah. a lot of good pieces coming back offensively, defensively as well, though you're going to lose some linebackers. You're going to lose Trey Matthews. You're going to lose some secondary guys. You are probably you might lose Jeff Holland to the draft because um, he's got a chance here at defensive end, or Buck, so to speak, the linebacker he's spot. Gone, yeah. yeah, to break the, SC, the, excuse me, the Auburn SEC – yeah, the Auburn sack record. Yeah. Um, so say that ten times. Fast. I know. I, I kept screwing that up. But um, uh, but listen, it just it, it just it just begs just, the program. Is is there going to be if they go nine and three? Is there going to be optimism about sort of Melzone and what his what he's doing? Kind of going. I think forward? the fan base will be about what it is right now. And I and I just think you're kind of stuck in the mud a little bit. Um, I don't think you could fire him. But if they were to get blown out against Alabama, and you still go two and one, you beat Georgia. It's just going to be tough. Um, long term, they, they, this team needs to. I don't know. It just seems kind of stuck in the status quo, basically. And that's not, and, and the shadow of Alabama. You can't. That's not a great place to play. Be quite honest. Are you going to be quite honest? Yeah. <laughs> if Auburn, I hate it when people. But say not that. not very honest. Just a little bit honest. Or, it sound like they've been lying. Yeah, even. But uh, Chip truth. Lindsay says it a lot. But um, if you think about it, even if they did beat A and M in Georgia this season. It's pretty much on par with last season because Auburn should have beaten Georgia last year, but their yeah. quarterback quarterback's arm was had fallen off, and they lost because they threw a pick six with the quarterback's arm falling off. So, in a way, beating Georgia this season, even though Georgia's better, 
record-wise, would almost be similar to last season in a lot of ways. Like I said, stuck in the mud. Your just, program just kind of stuck. But how do you fire a guy that's 9-3? And, and who the that's heck true. are you getting? That's true. I mean, no, it's all very with? true. It's true. I agree, but I'm just saying, it, when you're in the shadow of what the other guys are doing, and then you got the Georgia on the other goes. side, you're kind of in a tough spot. You need some enthusiasm because if you don't, you're going to get further behind. Yeah, but who do you hire? I don't know. See? You don't have all the answers. The board, Mike. the board has answers. Chip, Chip Kelly for six million, I think. Uh, they're bringing in PJ. Well, I'll tell you what. If they want a big name, they're gonna have to break the bank. Brett Bielema might be available. Brett Bielema will be available. Uh, Butch, Butch Jones, Jones might be available. Um, yeah. So, and some people on our board. Uh, we'll just bring this up because we we put it up in our uh, what we were hearing. John Gruden so. might be available, right? If I ever hear that name again, um, he's part of the reason why I don't even watch Monday Night Football. Because uh, <laughs> I just hate hearing his name. Is Mike Leach out there? Some people want Mike, Mike Leach. Mike Leach is alive and out there, yeah. But he's he's apparently hired a <laughs> private investigator to look at, at Texas Tech. He's <laughs> never He can never keep things quiet. Uh, no, but um, there, there's some talk out there. I think it was started by Paul Feinbaum about, hey, he was just kind of asked, do you think Gus Malzahn could go back home to Arkansas coach here? And he's like, hey, I could see it. And everybody thought of it as – being like, Hand oh, it's going to happen. He hasn't talked to Paul Feinbaum hasn't talked to Gus Malzahn in years. I'm pretty no, sure they haven't. They, they don't. They're not. They they're talked. not close. I don't think they've talked ever. So um, maybe once. I think but, he did an interview with them in 13 or 14 or something like so, that. So anyway, uh, listen, I, I've got friends up there in Northwest Arkansas. I know people up there, having worked there and lived there most of my formative years. Uh, unless something has changed, I don't see Gus Malzahn getting a lot of love up there and being hired. There's some big money boosters, especially in central Arkansas, that do not like him. Yeah. Uh, there's one big booster I can think of specifically in northwest Arkansas who is pretty much the guy who uh, gets coaches hired, doesn't like him. Hmm. Uh, unless things have changed and they just think that, that that's what's going to work, I don't see that happening at all. I don't see them doing it. Plus, I was told that they're really wanting to focus on Texas and recruiting. Arkansas's best teams have always happened. They have great uh, uh, players from Texas, and Brett Bielema has kind of killed that uh, that 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 pipeline a little bit for whatever reason, and they want to do that. So keep an eye out on you know, for Arkansas job like a Chad Morris um, or someone else with Texas ties. But as it stands now, I just don't see how Gus Malzahn, even though it makes sense from a he's coming home standpoint, I I, I don't know unless. Gus Malzahn, his agent, at the end of the season, and they kind of see the writing on the wall, even if they no. did beat Georgia or something like that, and he's like, I don't want to be here and get fired next year or something. Right. Maybe he makes a strong push and they convince people at Arkansas. But that's all a lot of hypothetical things. But as it stands now, I think it would be tough. But like you said, a minimum would have to be $5.5 million a year. All you're looking at. Arkansas would spend it. But I'm saying that's what it would have to be, and he'd have to get the money people convinced to yeah, be able to lay that out. You're exactly right. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, also on the website – you remember in the preseason, everybody, we did a, a a piece ranking every single player on the roster. I did that. I'm not doing it again, but Michael is here during the bye week. Re-ranking. You're yeah. re-ranking the players. I haven't seen any of your list. No. Can I give us an idea of what you're doing? Well, and- we should go back and look. Do you remember who you had number one? No. Do <laughs> you want to know who you had number one? Who did I have? Cameron Petway. Well. That didn't work out. He got hurt. Um, what's interesting, some of the interesting things, six players on the list are no longer on the team. Two of, <laughs> two of them on the top 15. 
Uh, really well, really with Sean White. One Sean of them. White and yeah. Kyle Davis. I just thought Sean White would need needed at some point. Yeah, and Kyle Davis, I thought is I the think best. It's fair. Kyle Davis was the best te- receiver on the team. Who do you think he had as your top receiver? Do you remember? Probably Nate Craig Myers. No, you didn't. Uh, Eli Stove at number ten. Okay. Well, because of his ability to run in the speed yeah. sweeps, I figured he touched the ball more. Which can, I guess he not necessarily has, but he's. Had can some you guess where you had Jeff Holland? Oh man, uh, top eight. Twenty-four. Twenty-four. <laughs> Twenty-four. What a moron that Brandon Marcello guy. Twenty-four. Is. Um, so your top five was Cameron Pettway, Stidham, Braden Smith, Daniel Carlson, Deshaun Davis. Nothing crazy there outside of Petway, but. That's sort of been injury, yeah, injuries. Man, yeah, can't fault me for that. He had 1,200 yards. And Sean White, Kyle Davis, you know, you couldn't have predicted that. Um, you can't predict it. Uh, yeah, and a lot, you know, a lot of the change comes in. You know, Auburn's used a lot of players differently, kind of at the the second tier guys. Yeah. Um, you had Derek Brown really low. You had him at 33. Jamel Dean 35. Those are guys that are are, are obviously uh, much bigger roles now. Um, so negative. Malik Willis at 45, he gets a big jump, but just kind of situation. This one, 54 for Casey Dunn. You had him behind Caleb Kim. Oh, man. <laughs> Which didn't oh. didn't turn out to be right. Oh, um, man. Way off. Way off on that. Um, way off. So, yeah. So that's kind of some of the highlights. So I'm going to be putting up a poll, too. Who would be your number one player through eight weeks? Number one player through eight weeks, Jeff Holland. That's my. That's what I'm going to go with. Number one, I think yeah. he's the best player he's right the now. Best player on the team. He's impacting the most snaps on defense. Just yeah. he's impacting almost every play. And I think you pointed us on Twitter. Uh, Twitter. Uh, that was the night after the game, or the next day, if you rewatched it, the quarterback hurry stat. Why keep it if you're just going to? Well, I've um, always been a big proponent for like removing that stat. Or um, just kind it. of throwing stuff at the wall. Like oh, he had two or one. I mean, with Jeff Hahn had one, and he was uh, he literally had his hand on a quarterback yeah. like six times outside yeah. of having a. Sack. I think he had a conversation with Cole Kelly throughout the game. They <laughs> just, just kept coming every back time, goes, just like knocking. Hey, him. What are you going to do? What is a good place to eat here? Yeah, they come back the next time. Go. Oh, okay. What about? The- so that was bizarre. But he, I mean, he's just. They gave Auburn three quarterback hurries, which is complete insane. BS. Which is insane. Uh, they had at least. 10. So he's got eight sacks, and like you said, he's 12 is the record for Auburn, so he's closing in on that. And it's been a rarity for anybody to hit double digits here at this program, and he's seems on course. I mean, he's just been improving as the year goes along. Teams are obviously scheming against him, and it doesn't matter. No. Um, forcing turnovers. Um, just really impressive. I think he's a clear number one. Would, uh, would, I, I, would, I don't think there's yeah. much And today. I think he's uh... – He's going to be gone I think for the NFL gone, draft yeah. if he keeps it up and uh, makes that decision. So, Especially, I mean, listen, he's got to have like a big game against either Georgia or Alabama. If he disappears of, against Georgia and Alabama, that's kind of how he goes in the offseason. It's going to hurt a little bit. But if he has good games, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't go out. So right. top five, I got Holland. Stidham stays at number two. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Uh, my number three, on Johnson. Yeah, sure. Um, he takes a big jump. I think you had him nine. You saw what happens with him out of the lineup. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in when he's healthy, I just think he's just he's a, he's a special player, and, and and I think you kind of see what he means to this offense. Uh, I had four Austin Golson. Um, he's just been he's not maybe mm. top end the sort of best offensive lineman, but his ability to play up, it. You have him above Braden Smith, but just his ability to play every position. He's kind of given them. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. They've been hit. I mean, look, he's played all five. He's given. He's made sure that they haven't had to go to like the worst case scenario. They've been able to kind of 
go to a Prince tag at a left tackle instead of doing something uh, crazy. I just think that's been a big deal. And then obviously play center, which Gus Malzone says the second most important position on the offense. Uh, and then Deshaun Davis, I kept at five. Um, what he's been able to do, especially with Trey Williams going out of the lineup, yeah, um, you know, they haven't missed a step at linebacker. And uh, he's gotten better, I think, when, when Trey Williams has been out, just uh, moving around really well, been just involved in everything. Um, so that's kind of where I was at. With so the, my the top, top five, five was pretty good. It's not bad. Not bad. I dropped as Petway. As, as a predictor. Petway, I dropped down to 20. Sure, yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? I would probably maybe even put him further. Um, some other, let's see what, big risers. Derek Brown jumps up 20 spots. Sure. Um, who else? Oh, Nick Coe, you had a 47. So he's a big – I mean, a big year. I mean, he's bigger than – you know, he's more important to the defense than I think anybody predicted. Um, so I put him at like 23. Uh, Casey Dunn made a big jump. Um, Nate Craig took a tumble. Yeah. Poor Nate Craig. Yeah. Top receiver I had is uh, Ryan Davis. You had about 29. He's at 11. I didn't expect that from Ryan Davis before the season either. Okay. Speaking of which, where did I have Will Hastings? Nowhere on the list because he wasn't a scholarship player. That's when right. I only ranked scholarship players. So he's an end day. So you get a pass on that one. I put him at 22, but um, yeah, I think he's the second receiver. So you've got – Or third, Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton is second. Yeah. So you, you've got – Cameron Petway above Will Hastings? Yeah. Okay. All right. Because Cameron Petway's still got a bank that he's if he's healthy, he's capable. I mean, look what he did in that second half. And he wasn't even fully healthy. Yeah, sure. He's a good player. He's good at his job. Ryan Davis, I think, is your top receiver, which is really surprising to me. I, I, and he's throwing a touchdown pass. And he's throwing a touchdown I mean, you, you, like you said, you had it on your list, too. I mean, Eli Stove, I think he's more of almost a running back than a receiver at this point. You got Kyle Davis off the team. Just really surprising that none of those sophomores have sort of made the impact that uh, you kind of expected. It's not good uh, to be seeing that, and you wonder about the coaching. So um, that'll be going up first thing yeah. probably by the time everybody's listening to this Wednesday, correct? Yeah, yeah. So and so we'll put up, up a vote, too, for who, who people – it'll be interesting to see if the if everyone agrees about Holland being the MVT or they put Stidham just because quarterback yeah, – quarterback's so a quarterback. Stidham's on pace to uh, be the top passer as far as yards uh, uh, in the Gus Malzahn era as a head coach here. Mm. Um Nick Marshall had like 2,400 yards. He's on pace to do like 26, 2,700. And he could possibly pass Cam Newton into that 2010. Interesting. Um, if uh, he continues on this pace. He's averaging 216 yards a game right now. I think Cam Newton was just under that. But, um, you know, we'll see uh, going forward if they can keep that up. You know, I thought Jared Stidham would have a 300-yard game at some point this season by now. Hasn't happened. Just hasn't thrown it enough. Right. But well, he and did thirty seven times. And the two games, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, I figured he would at some point, but they just haven't thrown the ball a lot, and I guess they're they're just not going to. Um, and since they, you know, teams are guarding against the middle of the field, you just can't throw there ever. <laughs> you can't, you can't test that. You can't do that. You can't do that. What are you? Who are you kidding? Okay, let's go to listener questions here on the Auburn Undercover Podcast, presented by WeHaveDonuts.com. Blake Talley asks. Hypothetically speaking, if Auburn were to get a new coach, would they keep Kevin Steele as defensive coordinator? I, I'm sure they would have to look at him. In fact, I would think Kevin Steele will get an interview 
for the head coaching job. Yeah, the door, you know, when they've been bad, the defense hasn't been terrible. I mean, defense kind of had some lapses against LSU, but defense is staying pretty good. And if the season closes out with them playing pretty well against Alabama and Georgia, I don't think you'll see him be sort of shown the door. <laughs> you know, they, they, there'll be talk of keeping him around in some capacity yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And he, I'm sure he would like to stay in the state and the retirement system. Yeah, that's um, been the word. Yeah. Yeah. You know, who knows? We'll see. But, uh, He's done a great job. I mean, if Alabama puts up 75 points, then the conversation might change. Yeah. West Virginia, Clemson. Exactly. Uh, Chase Tidwell asks, will Stephen Leith, who he's the president of Auburn University, as most of you know, will he be more hands-on as a president in terms of athletics? Could he replace athletics director Jay Jacobs and Gus Malzahn at the same time? Yeah, that could happen. Um, But I would think that he would make the move to replace the athletics director before there is because you don't want to hire a coach, coach. But it, without hiring because the athletic director you want them to be on the same page and that be that person's guy uh you don't want discord right away so me and could what, fire them both i think you hire you hire jacob's replacement first and listen stephen leith has uh a lot of things on his it's plate got a right full now. plate huh yeah i mean not just athletics and there's plenty with athletics right now everybody saw the story come out this week uh, about a, a former assistant track coach suing uh, uh, the board of trustees and others. Um, uh, anyway, it's just every day it seems to be something new with the athletics department. As you might be hearing sirens in the background <laughs> as we record this outside the athletics complex. Um, but uh, Stephen Lee's got a lot on his plate, not just of athletics, but with the university as a whole. He's trying to get his own people on board uh, inside Sanford Hall. Um, he's dealing with all the other colleges on campus. Guy's a busy, busy dude, busy president. But I, I do think he's a hands-on guy with athletics. He was at Iowa State from everything I was told, and I think he will be here too. I think the I think the 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 silence on Jay Jacobs and all these issues has been deafening. And as we've been saying all along, the, the groundwork's being laid out to get rid of Jay Jacobs. I think it's just a matter of when, not if. But Jay Jacobs has found miraculous ways to survive in the past in 2012. But, I, I, heck, I wouldn't even be surprised if something happened this week, folks. Um, but as I've been saying, if everybody predicts every day J.K. Jacobs is going to be fired, I know. someday you're going to be correct. I, I agree. It doesn't, but it this doesn't is the count. first time I've predicted something. This is the first, your first All right, so we'll but keep I'm, you to it. Say, but here's what I'm, what I'm saying. It? it could happen this week. I'm not saying it's going to happen this week. Um, Russell asks, if Auburn drops the last three SEC games – and Malzahn is fired. Who does Auburn go after? You know, I, I don't know. Maybe Clay Helton at USC. He seems to be a popular name. But didn't he just get blown out again? Yes, so he I got mean, blown out by Notre Dame. If, you, if he has a bad enough record where he's available, it's not. That's not great. I mean, if you can't be, you can't win a lot of games with Sam Darnold as your quarterback. What the heck are you going to do in the SEC? Right. Uh, I like Bobby Petrino, but I know there's a lot of people that have issues with hiring him. I'd, I'd, I'd hire him. Um, you get on your bike and go get them, huh? Sure. Do it. Um, you want to win football games? You want to compete against Nick Saban? Go get Bobby Petrino. That guy That guy doesn't sleep. He's a robot. Um, uh, who else? Jeff Brom at Purdue. He's a Bobby Petrino guy. Uh, he's actually lost uh, a game or two here lately. Um, you yeah, know, I think they're one people, and three or one and four in the Big Ten, so that's not yeah, good. Yeah, a lot of people are looking at the coach at uh, Iowa State, Matt Campbell, uh, who actually was hired when Auburn's president, Stephen Leith, was the president at Iowa State. Hmm. 
Maybe that's a guy that could be a possibility. He's got a huge buyout, however. Um, he's very young. I think he's like 36 years old. Um, but I don't know if that would really be an option and be a fit in the SEC. He's been a Midwestern guy. He was at Toledo and Bowling Green before Iowa State. So I, I don't know. Um, the problem is, as is every season, is the market and who's available and who these other uh, teams are going after. Because um, I, I think I, I don't think there's any denying that Tennessee and Arkansas will be open in the SEC. And I think year. a lot of these teams are going to move quicker than Auburn too. To right, I'm vacancies. sure they're already yeah. making plans. Uh, yes, they're sending feelers out through unofficial channels to people. Mm-hmm. Um, Chip Kelly's name's going to come up in a lot of places. Um, you know, it'll be interesting. Um, I know Tennessee fans, and I keep seeing this. They keep mentioning John Gruden still. I. I t- I don't get it. But anyway, yeah, I mean, if Auburn loses out, I don't see how you keep Gus Malz on. Um, uh, King Pat asks, is Nate Craig Myers in the doghouse? Not that we know of. Not that we know of, but they do need to throw the ball to him more. The ball goes where it goes, Brandon. I don't understand why you're so focused on targets. Yeah. Yeah, I don't either. Well, that's about it for questions. A lot of repeat questions. On the Twitter machine, anything you want to discuss outside of football? I mean, uh, I would, but it's like it's like zero degrees outside, so I'm so I'm so distracted. Michael wears shorts and flip flops everywhere he goes. It's true, it's true. I mean, it's this not, guy. It's not fake news. This guy is not like smart. <laughs> this is like bringing an umbrella. Into it's like a bringing stadium. an umbrella to a stadium. And this umbrella was like four feet long. I guess I would want to talk about that some lot more, <laughs> no, but. I'm good. Um, that's all, that's all I got. The idea that you thought you were going to get that umbrella into the stadium just boggles my mind. I have br- I've brought umbrellas into other SEC stadiums. And if you haven't seen the picture of all the garbage on the <laughs> umbrella, I encourage you to check out Brandon's Twitter feed. He should have that as his pinned post because um, it is really a humorous amount of garbage. <laughs> it's not just like one bag. It's like all the bags of garbage in Arkansas. I just remember walking out of that elevator and you just started laughing so hard. Like, I didn't even really realize there was trash yet, and I just heard laughter. It was a great moment. <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic. Oh, my goodness. R.I.P. Umbrella. We hardly knew you. No, I hardly knew it. I got it in the car <laughs> on, the way, on the way. And then, uh, and, uh, and what's funny is, like, the, he doesn't show the part where so we're walking, we get out of the car. And uh, he takes the umbrella out of the back seat, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I got my umbrella." And I'm like, "I know it's an umbrella, but like, you're not going to get that in the stadium. You're ne- there, there's zero percent chance I'm going to. Um, I have taken umbrellas to every SEC stadium there is. This is this umbrella is coming with me. Sure enough, when we get there, first thing they're like, "What do you think you're doing?" And he just, it was amazing. I can't. I wish it was on. I wish there was a video. I oh, wish there was probably, a video. Yeah, of it. someone probably snuck a video of it because it, it went on for a while. It was great stuff. Yeah. So. No, other than that, I got nothing. Well, enjoy your bye week, everybody. I know I will. If no news breaks, I'm going to try and play the new Super Mario Odyssey game on Nintendo Switch that comes out this week. And uh, maybe go to a haunted house uh, and watch Stranger Things when it hits Netflix. So you're 15 years old. Congratulations. Yeah, maybe I don't you'll. Care. I'm a child at heart. That's right. No, you're actually like a 75 year old man at heart. Yeah, but I like I like uh, I like Super Mario Brothers. Like... <laughs> yeah. Well, at least I'm not you. 
<laughs> End of sentence. So last week, you're like, hey, you want to go see Thor next week? I'm like, what? Thor doesn't come out next week. Yeah, duh. Oh. Yeah, it was sad. It was a, that was a heartbreaking moment. <laughs> it's like, that was a heartbreaking moment. You want to go vote in the next election next week? No, that's... Uh, uh, we could go see Happy Death Day. I think that's still in theaters. Ah, that doesn't interest me. I like time loop shows and movies for some reason. You're weird. Yeah, it's a very specific category of a category. Speaking of which, when I get off this podcast, uh, I got to go home and watch the final episode of Mindhunters. You liking it? Netflix, yeah. It's we really have one good. episode left. The, uh, so you've gotten to the... the um, What's his face? The uh, <laughs> the bird scene. Yes, that's <laughs> right. Uh, that's a good show. If you, it's not for the faint of heart, uh, it's not yeah. very gory, but just the subject matter. Um, but it's very well done, very good. Yeah, I'd recommend good. it. Yeah, we're on the last episode. I'm gonna go check that out maybe tonight. We'll enjoy. Anyway, it. so all right, that's the Auburn Undercover Podcast presented by WeHaveDonuts.com. Go to Auburn Undercover. Dot com or auburn.247sports.com for full, complete coverage as Auburn uh, ends the near the bye week and then also as we follow everything else off the field. Uh, check us out on social media at Auburn247sports on Snapchat and Instagram, at Auburn247 on Twitter. And, of course, you can follow us on Twitter. Just look for our names. You'll find us. Maybe. Except Brandon doesn't have an umbrella. No umbrella. Tweet. Tweet. What? Umbrella emojis at Brandon every day and every day and all day. And isn't there a, like a we'll Beyonce be song where she says "My Umbrella"? I don't know, but I just love the idea that you have no umbrella. I have umbrellas. Listen, I bought one of those better umbrellas off of TV. That I don't you know see. what that means. You never seen the better umbrella? I hope that gets confiscated too. I don't bring those to the stadium. Oh, because you can't get them in the stadium. No, they're expensive. They're so like you knew it bucks. the entire Listen, time. They're the type of umbrellas that they don't fold into your car, so you get the water, but it folds out, so it catches the water, and then you can dump it. And then doesn't that in. get heavy? No, and it's double stitch. I got the double stitched bed umbrellas. It's like fifty, sixty bucks. I got them off TV. They're like my luxury uh, umbrella that <laughs> luxury only umbrella. special times. But um, people. <laughs> What? You can't what? I don't even double stitch umbrella. It's double stitched. Uh, it's good. It was good. It was good. It was a good podcast. Go buy some it was a good How about that? Boom. They should allow you to they stadium SEC stadium should make you wear pants. I did. I actually wore pants and uh shoes. Yeah, I saw Arkansas. it basketball media days. Did you wear pants Saturday night? Yes, I did. So you weren't just sitting there in your underwear? No, I wore pants and uh, wore pants to basketball media. Why were you looking at my what I was wearing? <laughs> I wasn't looking you were, at you. That's what I'm saying. I didn't re- don't remember you. Oh, wearing I thought you pants. said you. No, I was. No, yes, I was. In basketball pants. media days, I saw you wearing pants. I saw a video. That's uh, what I'm saying. How do you know what I was wearing at basketball media? You were in someone attendance. Someone tweeted a photo of media members of my standing, pants, and you're right there. You're right there standing. <laughs> Mike's wearing like, pants. I'm like Mike's wearing jeans. I don't think I've ever seen him wear jeans before. Yeah, I wore them through jeans twice. I wore them because it was a. I thought it was going to be a. You know, formal, formal events. <laughs> I didn't know they were going to stick us in a closet in a back hallway of some hotel. Well, listen, basketball in the SEC, it just means it more. does not. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. This table we're sitting at is about the size of the entire space we had for basketball yeah. media. Days. Hey, basketball season's coming up. Hey, yes, it is. And the FBI investigation is still going on. <laughs> still there. Um, just hovering. We're trying to work around it. We got some good uh, um, this week. Uh, spending some time on season preview content, got some good features uh, that I don't think you'll see anywhere else, um, if I'm correct. Um, These features, the will they be on players that will still be here? I believe so. Okay. 
I believe so. Good. Uh, so um, look for those things. And I know people have been complaining about negative coverage. And Yeah, you've been horrible. You've been the most negative. With the well, with the basketball, just a lot about the FBI. But we're we're not. It's just the news. It's what it is. It's the, it's the news, and you got to cover that first. But we're going to be doing some other stuff, and um, we're not ignoring everything else. So, Okay. Go to our website. What's that website again? AuburnUndercover.com. Yes. We're undercover. But not undercover of umbrellas. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you.